and welcome back to Sports Talk Therapy. We are back on campus for the first time, at least for me, since last year, after I went abroad for my semester. And this is our first show, kind of in studio, but not really. We're only just really sitting here because the microphones weren't working. Sean and I just tried some trial and error, a bunch of things, but didn't go too far into it. We didn't want to permanently destroy all the equipment in here. And um, yeah, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, we're at a complete loss here. Um, we have no idea what to do. Uh, the computer isn't working. Finn and I are off the right now, so this is going to be awful. So I'm going to move in the other room. Uh, but, oh, there goes Finn. It's um, super echoey still. I'm going to move into another room within the studio and <laughs> just be sitting on the couch while Sean's in the other room. Let's see if that helps. This is this has been a complete mess so far to come in here. It was completely dark. Um, it sounds much there's better. There's this, this lonely sheet of paper that was like, these are the COVID instructions. And I had to wipe down all the desks, open all the windows, and then the microphones didn't work. And it was just playing random music in our ears. But now we're back. And now I think it's not echoey anymore. It's not echoey. There's a, uh, a slight delay between Finn live sitting 15 feet from me and my laptop. A bit disconcerting, but... Uh... I'm sitting on a couch right now in the other room away from Sean who's in the shoot in the studio. But yeah, um we're back. We're back in the studio. Uh fortunately uh none of us are tech nerds here. We don't know how to fix this, so hopefully someone does it for us. But in the meantime, uh we are back. First show since I think May, June? Probably late May, early June. All right, let's uh let's get into it. So uh a lot has happened. Uh, I guess Finn, you want to kick us off? I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's hard after being away, you know, for two or three months to just be like, and we're just going to jump back into sports. Uh, first of all, when we left last, I don't think sports were even a thing. They were just completely gone. There were no sports going on, at least in the U.S. And now we are just fat with sports. We can never take sports for granted ever again. This is fantastic. We have NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, MLB down the stretch. NFL starting tomorrow night. Things are definitely looking up for sure. Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely a little bit different than talking about Mario Kart and uh, different kinds of barbecue. And, Don't forget uh, about Dreamy and Joke from the Madden Bowl. Yeah, the Madden Dreamy Bowl. And and, uh, joke, baby. That was hype. I would do that again. I um, act as a uh, member of the USPS, and I'm now clearing – just boxes full of mail off a desk so I can sit down somewhere that's not a couch. Well, I don't have headphones that work, so uh, we're uh, really thriving out here. We've got a ton of listeners eager to listen, but uh, they're listening to some Rick Braun, Hollywood, and Vine. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, football. Um, We'll start there. It's the cornerstone of our show. Uh, I believe the last time we spoke, the Washington Redskins were still a thing. Now we got the Washington football team. The Washington football team. Yeah. Um, that's just never going to work. Uh, for this year, I mean, it will be fine, but it, it, it's going to be a nice game. Counting the amount of times someone says the name incorrectly or just like we couldn't pick something for a year. Like, uh, I don't know, like have a different team name every week. And like if you do well one week, it sticks. Like, uh, uh, the Washington Dinosaurs, the Washington Bear, Bears already has a team. I guess that's the problem is what's a team name that hasn't already been taken? I mean, for Washington, I feel like there's a couple of pretty seamless transitions they can make. They can go for the easy route and just name their team the Warriors, which is a similar, I guess, mascot idea. You can keep, I guess, some parts of the tradition there. Or my personal favorite for possible team names would be the Red Tail Red Tails after the Tuskegee Airmen. It sounds similar to Redskins, but takes away all of the offensive stuff and actually makes it honoring something very cool. But I'm with you on the how do you name it, even for just a year for the football team, when you are an owner that is as hated as Dan Snyder, how do you not give the fans an opportunity to like, hey, name our team for the year and possibly name it permanently? When you're that hated, how do you not even try to like win back the people that are supposed to be paying you money? 
Yeah, it's definitely a, a baffling one. And uh, football team is a pretty much the most generic thing in the world. It's kind of just like he's like, fine, you're making me change it. I'm going to stick it to you. Here you go. Um, but it will be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I do like the one guy that trademarks like everything that has to do with Washington and red. Like red tails, <laughs> red hawks, red bats, red this, red that. Um, smart guy. Uh, but enough with the team name. Uh, Finn, you're, uh, one of your teams made an acquisition, I guess, five months ago, but it's new to us. <laughs> it is new to us. Uh, Cam Newton is going to be the new quarterback of the New England Patriots after 20 years of Tom Brady pretty much my entire life. There's going to be a new starting quarterback for the Patriots. It's going to be bizarre, but I absolutely love the signing. One year, $7.5 million. A lot of that is incentive-based. If he's healthy, there's no limit to what Bill Belichick and Joshua Daniels can scheme up for him. And if he sucks this year, it's a one-year deal. So be it. Maybe you roll with Stidham. Maybe you go and draft somebody. I I think it's a no-lose situation, and I'm really excited to see what he does this year. Yeah, you paid what? Um barely over a veteran's minimum for the guy like there's no downside to that yeah he was an mvp player three years ago you know like four years ago i mean and all of a sudden cam newton seems to have gone from a guy who gets knocked for like antics and work ethic to a bill belichick machine like ready to go and uh I guess we'll see if the Patriot way is really a thing or whether it was like Brady and Belichick. He never was. It might, it might, he never was an antics guy. I. It's just, I mean, I guess because his MVP season, I guess people were really afraid of the dab, which how dated does that sound right now? Think about the dab. Who does that anymore? But I never really understood why everybody kind of had it out for him in that sense. He was always giving the balls to kids after um, scoring touchdowns and stuff like that. I thought that was an awesome tradition. And he's just a fun player who's gone some through some bad injury luck over the past couple of years. And uh, if he's healthy, I think we'd do great in the system. I think the Patriots actually win this division again. We might get into some predictions later on, but that's a sneak peek for you. All right, well uh... – I guess moving a little bit on, uh, the Jaguars uh, going to try to be the – in what years did the Browns went really bad? Okay, all right, all right. The Browns – the Jaguars are going about it in a slightly different way than the Browns. The Browns was trading everybody for draft capital. The Jaguars are just getting rid of any talented player that they've ever had or ever wanted to have and not getting much back. It was the 2016, uh, 2017 Browns? 2017. Yes, that went 0 16. That's where Sashi Brown and all the uh, front office guys, including current GM Andrew Barry, traded away everybody, released everybody in the hopes of making the worst team ever. And they succeeded in that and got two first overall picks in a row. We'll see how this works for the Jaguars because I actually do think they still have a little bit of talent on that defense. But after trading Calais Campbell, Cutting Leonard Fournette, trading AJ Bouye, trading Ronnie Harrison, trading Yannick Ngakwe, and I think I'm still missing a couple. Uh, they're shaping up to be one of the worst teams in NFL history, and I don't know how much they really have to show for it. Yeah, definitely not a lot. Um, they've got had marquee players walking around the league, and uh, they've got Garner Minshew. That's about it. So hopefully, in a few years, they'll turn around. But uh, yeah, they're going for the Browns, for the Lions, for that season. And you know who they want. He's close by. He's got luscious hair and a big arm, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, I guess a storyline to look forward to. Uh, can they do it? <laughs> yeah. And a couple other things about uh, some of the players after leaving Jacksonville. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, who was traded to the Vikings, ended up taking a pay cut. He's one of the best young edge rushers in the league. He took a $5 million pay cut just to get out of Jacksonville. And Ronnie Harrison, who was traded to the Cleveland Browns last week, who they need safety help pretty badly after Grant Delpit went down with the season-ending surgery, uh, he said, I'm excited to be in a place where people want to win. And then Leonard Fournette, after signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is starting to look like a real version of the 2013 Eagles, quote, dream team, uh, he said, I'm playing with a real quarterback for the first time in my life. 
So great look for the Jaguars organization there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a good look for Fournette either. Like, you can't be – you're supposed to just say something nice and move on. You don't need to trash Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew for no reason. You know, like, I understand you want to compliment Brady and compliment your new team, but you don't have to be, like, a, a kind of a jerk about it, you know. Gardner's doing the best he can. He's a six-round pick. And you look at the Jags quarterbacks last year and Brady last year, they actually had the exact same statistics. I believe, I believe. It's, kind of, it's kind of ironic. When you think about, yeah. I don't know. He could be a beast in Tampa, though. You never know. Yes, sir. All right, we're actually going to get into some different sports. I know, amazing. I mean, the NFL hasn't been, obviously, going since we've been away, so we have to delve into some other sports for once. A rare moment for sports talk therapy, even though our show name doesn't distinctly have football in it. We're going to talk about some NBA bubble action. I personally have loved watching the NBA bubble. I think I've watched more basketball this summer than I have in the past few years combined, at least in the regular season. Um, I'm curious to see what you guys have thought about the bubble action so far. And yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you watched more basketball than any other summer. I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's nice to have something to watch back to back to live sports, but when you don't have a horse in the race and you haven't for a long time, it's just tough. Uh, a lot of these teams are – I find a lot more reason to dislike than like in some scenarios, whether it's LeBron and the Lakers or Harden and the Rockets or even Giannis to a certain extent. Uh, I'm pulling for the Nuggets, pulling for, pulling for the little guy as much as I can. Uh, but it's definitely great to have something back. And uh, the bubble stuff were a good thing to watch for a few weeks. Yeah, just a couple of uh, quick notes I have here about the bubble. Shout out to the Phoenix Suns for being a team that just was expected to kind of show up to the bubble and roll over to all the other teams in the Western Conference. They went 8-0 and fell just a half game short of qualifying for the playoffs. And also Villanova alum Mikel Bridges was an absolute beast. Shout out to him. Uh, I actually wrote this wrong in the notes. I should say thrilling Nuggets versus Jazz series. It went seven games. Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, two of the brightest young stars in the NBA, went at it for seven games. One of the most entertaining series as I've watched in years. And then the Heat versus Bucks series, which just concluded last night. Giannis goes down in game four. The Heat win in five. And they're the surprise team of the bubble for sure for me. I didn't expect Jimmy Butler after his past couple of years with the Sixers and Timberwolves to be able to lead a team deep into the playoffs. And now they're going to be in the Easter Conference Finals. Yeah, he's looked unbelievable. Uh, the Heat, like when you think of the Heat, you sort of think a story franchise. Not a guy with one superstar and a bunch of really, really good role players. Uh, they've been one team that's been fascinating to watch and someone that can actually uh, sort of pull for to a certain extent. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, we're going to talk about some baseball. I'm going to let Sean or Colin kick this off while I go and grab my water bottle and my phone from the other room that Sean's in. Feel free, Sean. Yeah, sure, I'll take it away. And uh, I guess while we got a nice little in- pause in the action here, uh, can we hear me okay? Because I don't have any, any. Yeah, I can hear you all perfectly fine. All right, that'll work. So, uh, baseball back. Uh, just over 40 games into the season, and we're almost done. Uh, it's a sprint to the finish line, and uh, yeah, uh, Finns, Red Sox, my Mets, and well, Collins Tigers, too, but they weren't expected to be good. Uh, all been a disaster. Uh, the Mets starting pitching, falling apart of the teams, a team that's supposed to be built on pitching, has been the first pitching team in the major leagues. Uh, the offense has been fantastic, except they can't hit with men on base, so. The stats really don't stand up. You can lead the league in on-base percentage, but if you don't get a hit with managing position, you're not really going to do much. Uh, Finn's Indians, on the other hand, that's something good to talk about. Uh, where do they get these guys, Finn? They just keep coming up, whether it's McKenzie or they trade Clevenger, but all these guys, Plesak, Bieber, they're just unbelievable. And it seems like there's a never-ending supply of them. So what they do, at least from my perspective, it seems like, you know, they draft these guys and anywhere from like the third to the tenth round. So they're really not on the radar of anybody coming up as prospects. 
They're not going to be in those top 100s or anything like that. And then they come into the majors, and they are some of the most dominant starting pitchers in the league. They're all very young, with the exception of Carlos Carrasco. They're building a pitching empire. It's it's really unbelievable. I'm going to pull up some stats on these guys right now. After trading Mike Clevenger, just like Sean mentioned earlier, for some solid prospects and some major league starters, um, they still have Zach Plesak, who in 34 innings has a 1.32 ERA. Carrasco, who's always been a solid veteran. He's got an ERA just over 3-4. Aaron Savali, an ERA of about 3-6. And Shane Bieber is the runaway AL Cy Young favorite and has a shot at the AL MVP. He leads the league with an ERA of 1.25, which is just absolutely insane for a starting pitcher. And it's really good that these pitchers are this good because their hitting is not so great. They've been crazy, Finn. Uh, I remember we talked to him and they brought up McKenzie. Like, they can't do it again, can they? They, they can. Oh, yeah. I didn't, even, I didn't even mention McKenzie in that little stretch right there. Tristan McKenzie has been a rookie. He's fantastic. Yeah, absolute, absolute beasts. Um, and, yeah, so if the Mets can borrow us and the Indians pitching, uh, be greatly appreciated. And then Collins Tigers uh, weren't expected to be great. However, they've shown some promise to some young players. Uh, uh, did you see what happened to them today? I did not. They lost 19 to nothing. Well, showing some promise to some young players. Um, trying, to, <laughs> trying to get everyone some experience. But, yeah. Um, yeah. They, uh, the entire league sort of been a mess. With the Yankees falling 500, uh, the Dodgers just running away with things in the West. I guess that's what happens when you take a 160-game snippet and it's just a sprint. But uh, it should be really interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks, um, given the fact that basically three weeks in the playoffs and a lot could happen from here. No one's really out of it at this point, and everyone has a lot to gain. And with this giant playoff pool, we could see a team like the Marlins or the Giants or maybe even the Tigers sneak into the playoffs and make some noise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited to watch the playoffs this year. Oh, sorry, Google call. No, you're good. I mean, the Tigers might sneak in maybe, but, I mean, it's not looking good right now. But if they did, I don't know if they'd make some noise. I don't know if their team's very good. And they, they're they not bad. They're still I think, a year or two out from competing. But um, it's going to be interesting, even though I think that the Dodgers are – clearly the best team in baseball right now. I mean, they look like they're playing on a different level than anyone else is. And it, I hope someone starts to look as – like I, w- I want to see like a two twin powers kind of deal, but I, I – Dodgers have been so good. It's kind of incredible how like they I don't – they don't even – it feels like they don't have a weakness. Like they have everything. They can hit. They can pitch. Like they, they do it all. Yeah, just to put it into perspective, the Dodgers' run differential is 99 runs. The next are the Indians and the White Sox at 52. So uh, They are insane. Winning with authority. And Colin mentioned his Tigers there for a second. The AL Central currently has three teams, nine or ten games over 500. Given the weird pandemic season, that's extremely impressive and uh, – Something to watch heading into the playoffs with the two wild cards in each division. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else happened? So, uh, Mike Trout's amazing. Uh, we already knew that. Um, hit his 300th home run recently. The Angels, not so much. Nine games under 500. What's new there? Uh, and then a little bit further south in L- than L.A., uh, the Padres have been unbelievable. Fernando Tatis having an MVP caliber year. Machado, like, finally showing off why he signed there, playing really well and playing alongside a bunch of young guys. And they got injured after the whole uh, COVID bar incident, whatever it was. And uh, them and the White Sox are some young teams to watch on the rise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh, what just happened? Something just – one of the many tabs I have open on my computer just started playing some video randomly, so sorry about that. But, yes, San Diego, I mean, they had that one-week stretch where I, I believe it was three or four Grand Slams hit in a week, prompting announcer Don Orsiller to dub them Slam Diego. 
They are the most fun team in baseball to me to watch right now. And the White Sox, as Sean said, are close behind. And yeah. And the other thing that I absolutely love about this season, if the Red Sox can't be good for me, at least make the Yankees bad. And they are awful right now. And I love it. They can't seem to figure anything out. They had one of those team meetings with the GM, which is never a good sign. And I am loving every second of it. Yeah, it's been the one nice thing is uh, when my friends step on the mats, I can just turn around and go right back. The Yankees have been an absolute free fall. As this year, they haven't been able to plug AAA players and just get it done. Um, but we'll keep an eye on baseball as the weeks go on. Uh, any other major storylines to touch on there or get into some uh, more football fun? Um, The only other baseball storyline I have is going to come up a little bit later. All right, that'll work. And uh, quick little side note here. We were firing on all cylinders on our fourth or fifth Zencaster episode here. We knew exactly when someone was going to talk and what to do. And now, now, it's like Rusty. Our, now it's like our first time again, even though Finn's over there and I can sort of think that one's going to talk. Uh, but we'll uh, hopefully we'll be back live and uh, we'll get better as this time goes on. Yeah, I feel like we also didn't mention the fact that Colin's not here. Colin is in the, uh, like his dorm room right now. He's not here. So that may, that's another added element that makes things a bit more difficult for this. But we will work out the kinks as the semester goes on and hopefully be able to get back in the studio where things are working. That's the goal. Um, so NFL 2020 uh, season preview. So we're going to run through a couple of uh, or like overall general picks. And then we got a, a little Weedle, and then we'll wrap up with some game picks. So uh, 2020 NFL season, we got a surprise team, an overrated team, and we got our picks for Rookie of the Year, depend, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, and then I don't know if I make a Super Bowl pick now, but uh, we might. <laughs> uh, anyone want to kick us off? Give me, Give me like – 30 seconds and I'll be ready to go. All right. I can, uh, <laughs> I can try to give it a stab. So, uh, I'll start us off here. Surprise team. I'm going to go with the giants. Uh, I think that Joe judge is an outstanding coach. I think that'll really show off. Am I going to say they're going to go 11 and five? No, I'm thinking more like eight, seven and nine, uh, maybe get over 500 if they're lucky. Um, but Saquon will be healthy. Danny Dimes stepping into his second year. And if the line and defense can do just enough, I think this team can uh, make some noise in a division where the Cowboys are okay. They're not great. The Eagles are sort of still finding themselves coming off a championship a few years ago. And then the Redskins are just the Redskins. Uh, so I'm going with my team for the surprise. But at the same time, not saying we're going to the Super Bowl here, but I'm, I'm hoping we can get a- over six or seven wins. Fair enough. Uh, I would also like to mention there, Sean, you had a great breakdown there of the Giants, but you did make one mistake. What did I do? Oh, no. There's no team called the Washington Redskins anymore. They're the Washington football team. Ah, there we go. I'm going to call them the Washington Dinosaurs until they get a name. <laughs> it just says Washington on ESPN's website right now. So that's great. Uh, My surprise team is a team that has been in the playoffs for the past few years, but does not have the best reputation right now. And that's because of their GM slash head coach slash Supreme ruler, Bill O'Brien. Of course, I'm talking about the Houston Texans here. Yeah. You're going to look at this team and be like, okay, they only made it to the divisional round last year and they lose Deandre Hopkins coming into this year. How are they going to be better? Well, in this league, It's a quarterback-driven league, and Deshaun Watson is one of the very best. He's only going to get better over time. And the signings that Houston did make, while it's not going to replace the loss of DeAndre Hopkins fully, it's going to do enough. I think they can make some serious noise this year. I think they win that division hands down. I don't believe in the Titans to repeat. And uh, Actually, the Titans were a wild card last year, but I don't believe the Titans to build off their success towards the end of last year. And I think Houston rolls through that division and makes some noise in the playoffs. That, that right. very well could happen. Colin, who you got? Well, you know, boys, I was thinking about and I was like, well, I could go with the Lions, you know, because, I mean, their Vegas win total <laughs> has been bet farther up 
mostly by smart money uh, than any team so far. All uh, most of their MVP. So Stafford for MVP is getting hit heavy in Vegas right now. Stafford to lead the league in passing yards getting hit heavy in Vegas right now. The over on Lions win total. I could talk about the articles that are written about how the Lions could, if there's any this year's 49ers, it could be the Detroit Lions. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know, I should just do like the Cardinals or the Broncos or someone like that. But, you know, let's just shoot a Lions. You know, I, I want to have some passion <laughs> broadcast. I'm a, I like it. That's what I do, man. All right, boys, here we go. Well, let's look at the 49ers from a couple of years ago. Garoppolo was hurt, right? Entire team went into the the trash compactor for the rest of the season. They drafted in the top five Lions. QB got hurt. Team went in the trash compactor. Now they're drafting. They drafted in the top five this year. Stafford, before he got hurt, was playing at a MVP, legitimately MVP level. The team's record wasn't there, but of those games they lost were games against the Chiefs and the Packers, who were two teams that went deep in one team that won the Super Bowl, another team that went deep in the playoffs. And the Lions were in and probably should have won both those games. Now there's a stat that they like to put out about one possession games. And the theory on one possession games, they are not very sticky year to year. So if you have a team that loses a lot of one possession games and one team that wins a lot of one possession games one year, it's more like there's a lot of luck involved in that, right? So a team that this team is not likely to just keep winning a lot of one possession games year over year over year, right? It's just not statistically very likely. The Lions, I believe, lost more one possession games than any team in the league last year. They led. They're like the the percentage of these games they were leading. They were in the top seven or eight, right? There's I would have an offense with a ton of firepower. Their defense, I think, will be better. You add guys like you add Jamie Collins, which is unbelievably huge for that defense. If anyone look, if Matt Patricia has any defensive talent at all. This is his time. He's got Jamie Collins. He's got Deron Harmon in the secondary. He's got Tracy Walker. He's got Trey Flowers. He's got Desmond Chufon at corner. No, no. He's got Akuda. If the Lions have anything in them, anything in them, they will win nine or ten games this year. Very minimum seven or eight. If they don't win seven or eight games this year, then Matt Patricia is a, should not get a head coaching job in the NFL again because he has been given every opportunity to succeed with the team. He's entering his fifth fifth season now or fourth season. Like this guy, come on. This the Lions are a team that have so much to believe in, and I'm just gonna say it. You know, I think that they have a they have a shot to win this division this year. It's all gonna be come down to coaching, man. That's what it's gonna come down to. Yeah, I, I really like Colin bringing up his uh his tirade from last fall about how the Lions are the best worst team of all time with the. Uh, scoring differential and all that stuff, but you're you're completely right. Uh, Patricia has to get it going now, and uh, they have solid pieces that they can build around. The best worst team of all time, in my opinion, will still be the 2017 Browns, who did go 0-16, I know, but they should have won a lot of those games. But I won't, I won't talk about that anymore. Moving on to our next topic is the most overrated team heading into the 2020 season. What do you guys got? This one's a little tough. Um, but I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, do I like want to see it work with uh, Brady and Fournette and Gronk and Evans and Godwin? Yes. But I'm just not convinced yet. I need to see all the pieces sort of fit together and uh, not flame out like they did last year. Like, remember last year the Patriots started, what, what fan was it, 8-0, 7-0? 8-0. Before, before really falling apart and looking very, very uh, in the second half of the year. Um, so I'll go with the Bucks. although I'm not really rooting against them. If I were to have to pick a team that I do not like, would 100% go with the Cowboys. I think they're wildly overrated, and the division's just really weak. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. I respect all that. Uh, you took what I was going to use, which I don't blame you at all. I think it's very, very clear that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the most overrated team heading into this year. They could put it all together and be fantastic. I definitely don't think they're going to be bad, but I think the Super Bowl hype, uh, as we learned last year from a team that will remain unnamed that had Super Bowl hype and then immediately went up into flames, we're going to kind of cool it on that this year. We don't need to go that heavy. Uh, the team that I will go with instead of the Buccaneers, so my second choice for most overrated team, is going to be a team that I don't know if people necessarily think is going to be dominant this year, but this is a team that a lot of people, and Colin mentioned it earlier, that a lot of people think are coming up and they're going to be possibly competing for a playoff spot this year. I'm not as much of a believer in the Denver Broncos as everybody else is, even before Von Miller went out with the season-ending injury yesterday, but especially now because of that injury um, Drew Locke did look good in his rookie year, but it was not a very large sample size. And this year, a lot of the cause for optimism is all those rookie receivers coming in. Everybody still has time to gel together. I think Denver could be very good in a couple of years, but I think this year is still not good. They're not ready yet. Yeah, uh, the comments a couple weeks ago from LA were uh, pretty cool, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if in, uh, I'm sure with you and that we need to. Wait and see just a little bit. Um, so moving on to uh, still got to do. Collins got to do his overrated team. Oh, I have to just eviscerate the Texans because they're not good, and everyone thinks they're gonna. Apparently, come on, come on. Their whole team is just the competition of how much can we defile this roster and make Deshaun Watson carry us before it like it just doesn't work anymore. There's no way they win the division and go over the Colts and the Titans. Absolutely no way. You're telling me really? I in the Texans or the Colts and the Titans who have way better rosters and the only weakness in I think those teams versus the Texans is a quarterback. Give me both of those teams, especially considering how Ryan Tannehill played last year. There's no way. No way. When you I, say I'm, nope. that the Texans have purged their entire roster of talent, are you tell me more than DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Bill O'Brien can't. Bill O'Brien couldn't make a trade deal if someone walked up to him and tried to force their best player into his mouth. How about giving up a? I'm not saying that he is good at his job. I'm saying the team with the best quarterback in the division usually wins. Like usually, but what? I mean, what about the Seahawks? They've been doing the same kind of deal, but. They didn't. I mean, I guess they won. They, they didn't win either the last two years. And I think they have the best quarterback in the division. Pretty oh, look at that. Margin. I don't know, man. No, I, no, I, I, I agree that the moves that he is making are completely idiotic, but I still think that they are a solid Their team. offensive line is really, really bad. I, I am very worried for that team, considering that I think their division is going to be – I think the Colts and the Titans could compete – are going to be competing for playoff spot. I think you're going to have now. Like, the division's been, I think, weaker. The like, the Titans weren't that good until the end of the year last year. The Colts weren't that okay last year. And I think Philip Rivers. If Philip Rivers comes in and is at all better than Brissett, they're going to be a dangerous team. I don't know that that I just don't think that I don't think they're going to be two or three games better than the Titans or the Colts. Which is what most people most people have the Texans going ten and six, and then the Colts and the Titans going like seven and nine, which I just don't see. I don't see it. All right, so I guess moving on to uh, NFL Rookie of the Year picks. Um, I don't know. This is this is always a tough one to pick ahead of the year because. Like, you could just go with a quarterback or you go with uh, someone who's probably going to make a little bit more of an impact in their rookie year, like maybe a wide receiver, a cornerback, uh, a player on maybe a, a better team than, like, let's say a, a Joe Burrow. Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't talk myself out of it. We're going to go with him. Uh, we're going to go Tigers. Uh, we're going to go with Joe Burrow. Uh, hopefully win the Bengals, like, three games this year. Um but, uh, but yeah, just on the top of my head, that's what we're going with. Uh, I think his Star Wars bedroom as a kid really, really will go a long way into bringing back 
the Bengals from uh, irrelevance into the modern day. That is definitely a very sensible pick. I definitely like it. I would not be surprised at all if Joe Burrow won Rookie of the Year this year. However, I don't know if he's going to have the offensive line around him to get enough time to throw to those playmakers. And there is a player out there that is going to have a massive role in the best offense in the league. I, of course, am talking about another member of Go Tigers, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back for the Chiefs. He won the starting job. There's really there's a couple of guys that might play a little bit behind him, but he can catch the ball. He's a fantastic runner. He's playing in that Chiefs offense. He's going to rack up so many yards, both through the air and on the ground. I think he's going to run away with Rookie of the Year. No pun intended. <laughs> It's just tough because I think if you don't go Burrow, right, CEH is the is the pick probably if you're not looking at Joe Burrow. If you think Joe Burrow is a year or something like that. Now, realistically, I think Burrow is a good year. I think he's in a good off. He's in an offense with some weapons. He's got some playmakers. He's got hopefully a somewhat competent offensive scheme around him. I think he's got what it takes. And I don't think he needs to do as much as a running back does to win it, considering that it's an award that it's easier for a quarterback to win, generally speaking. But if you're telling me to look down the list a little bit outside the top three who are the heavily favored people, then you're looking into Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Jerry Judy, guys like that. I think J.K. Dobbins should not be plus 1,600 to win it because I think he is more likely to win it than – Jonathan, eh, then DeAndre Swift and Jerry Judy, for sure. Because say Mark Ingram either A goes down with an injury or B they just he gets he's old and they don't they don't like as much anymore. Or their Ravens just want to get in the ball, which is very plausible. He's gonna catch a lot of passes. He's I mean the Chiefs are probably the best offense in football, but the Ravens are the best rushing offense in football. They've got more than enough carries to go around for those running backs. And I think that J.K. Dobbins in playing in a really creative read option offense could put up some gaudy numbers if he wrestles that role away from Mark Ingram sometime in the fifth or sixth week of the season. He, I mean, he's a guy uh, – I there's not many guys in the league I would say this about. He's one of the few where I think you could legitimately say that at some point in his career, he could go. I think, I think at some point in his career, he could go a thousand, a thousand. Is what I'm saying. I think he's that kind of talent. I love J.K. Dobbins. I think he could have a great year if he can carve out a role for himself in that offense. I definitely agree, Colin. I have him on two fantasy teams, and uh, speaking of which, big match of this Sunday: uh, me versus Colin in the Club Baseball Fantasy League. Yes, Colin. It's gonna be a, a it's gonna be a a hard fought matchup this week in the villain of a club baseball fantasy football league. Of course, and, uh, just a little side note here for the listeners. Um, I don't know what I did, but I didn't end up picking a quarterback until my fourteenth pick. Oh no! So uh, Danny Dimes is starting at the helm for me. So uh, hence the giant Giants underrated team pick. So uh, hopefully they can come through because the rest of the team's solid. But uh, I don't know what happened. Somewhere I had the first picks. So I didn't pick for twenty picks in a row, and I think ten quarterbacks went right before. So uh, so yeah, I picked a kicker and a defense for a quarterback um, in a very untraditional move. Uh, but hey, maybe it'll work. But moving on, uh, <laughs> defensive player of the year odds. So uh, Aaron Donald obviously. Front runner every year. Nick Bosa coming off a monster year. Joey Bosa as well. TJ Watt, Miles Garrett. But I'm going to go with Khalil Mack. Uh, a little bit of a down year, I guess you could say, last year. But this guy is still an animal. Um, I think he can really come back and bring the Bears uh, defense like to a new level. Where they were a couple of years ago, last year they weren't as great. I think that he'll really have the potential to get things turned around and get back to where he was a couple years ago. That is definitely a very sensible pick. I do like Khalil Mack to bounce back quite a bit this year. 
And now for my defensive player of the year pick, I tried not being a homer. I looked at the list, and I really do believe that Miles Garrett is going to be the 2020 NFL defensive player of the year. I think the off the field mistake last year, while that was ridiculous and we don't need to talk about it anymore, it's in the past. I think he's moved on. And the thing that people seem to be ignoring about that, and everybody's saying, you know, he's kind of a, I guess, you know, he'll never live down that play. When he's on the field, and it's been the case since his rookie year, even though he dealt with a bit of injury issues that year, he has been dominant every single game, but he's never really fully put it together. Last year, before that fateful night against the Steelers, he put it all together. He was dominant. He was well on his way to at least being top three in Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, This year, I think, no question, he's going to take the league by storm again, and I think he has a pretty good chance of winning it. All right. I think it's going to be TJ Watt is my pick for Defensive Player of the Year because I think the Steelers are going to be a better team this year, and I think that he's going to be – significantly better this year. So I think him, the combination of him being the leader on a defense, that I think is going to cause some problems this year and some nationally televised problems this year. It will, in my opinion, propel him to that. Uh, and he's not a Steeler. You know, they love, uh, the league loves the Steelers. This is true. He's good at football, in the words of Colin Finn. He is, he is a good, he's good at football, as a fact. So, uh, moving on to uh, Super Bowl picks. I feel like with no preseason and, like, no, like, I don't know, no indication how things are going. It's just, like, camps are open, like, there's coronavirus, like, we haven't heard anything. Like, it's a little bit of a different vibe. Like, I don't feel like football starting tomorrow. Um so I'll give a Super Bowl pick here. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, I guess coming out of the AFC, I'm not going to go with the Chiefs, and I don't want to go with the Ravens either. But I'm not going to pick the Pats or the Steelers. So uh, this is just a mess. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Dark Horse, with the guys from Tennessee, the Titans. I'm going to say they get over the hump. They're able to edge you out. I say the Chiefs and the Ravens take each other out, and the Titans are able to sneak past one of them. Ground and pound with Derrick Henry and a very strong defense, well-coached team. Uh, and I think that they'll be able to get it done, and they will face off against hmm. – you know, this is why you do this beforehand. Uh, I'm going to go with the face-off against the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks getting back to the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson's been playing phenomenal. The defense can just hold up. I think DK Metcalf has a solid year. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, a heck of a Super Bowl pick right there. All right, can't argue with that. Um, I'm going to go with a couple different teams here. In the AFC, as much as I want to be, you know, contrarian, not to the Chiefs, I think it's absolutely the Chiefs coming out of the AFC. They returned pretty much the entire team from last year and add a dynamic running back in Clyde Edwards-Flair. I think they're going to be fantastic and run through the AFC like they did last year. And then coming out of the NFC, I've picked them, I think, to win the Super Bowl maybe four years in a row now this is going to be. And uh, I'm just going to keep doing it until they do it because I still believe in the New Orleans Saints. I still think their roster is absolutely loaded. I think that the time is right finally. They've been so close so many times. This is the year they finally do it. I'm going Saints over Chiefs. I didn't pick a winner, so I guess we'll go with the Titans. Well, I'm glad that I guess nobody said I, I'm going to sound like a guy with a fresh opinion here when I say the Ravens are going to make it from the AFC. Um, at some point, right, they've had two years in a row where they look like a, a team that's really going to make some noise, and then they they have a, a performance in the playoffs where they look different than they did in the regular season. They, something looks wrong. And I, some people are going to say, oh, they don't play well in the playoffs. Lamar doesn't have it in him to win the Super Bowl. He's not going to take him all the way. He's a second, he was a second quarterback last year. He, he's going to figure it out, right? It's, I think it's more flukiness than anything. The Ravens, in my opinion, I think are the best team in the league. I think they were the best team in the league last year during the regular season. I believe in the talent on the team. I believe in the coaching staff. If they don't, they're going to win it in the next three years. Gar- I would put, they take that to the bank. 
I think they're. And I think they, I think it'll be next year. This team is absolutely loaded. Lamar is a completely unique player that is. The only reason the Titans were able to contain that offense is just by not giving the ball very much. Like you know, that's really you just gotta not give him the ball very much and hope that he doesn't. On those possessions that you do give it to him, he has a bad day. That's the only way, really. If you give him the ball a lot, he's gonna figure it out. He's gonna beat you. And if he has a good day, he's probably gonna beat you, unless you really eviscerate their defense. So that's why I'm going the Ravens from the AFC and from the NFC. I'm going with the Bucs. You know, I think that Bruce Arians, those veteran quarterbacks, I think he's still reeling from that that loss with the Cardinals in the playoffs when everyone thought they were going to take it take it to the Super Bowl. The roster's too good. Brady's too much of a beast. I think that they're gonna there might they might not look like it in the beginning of the season because of the whole COVID in the off season, but they're gonna put it together. I think they and they'll either getting a wild card probably getting a wild card and then just taking it to the bank from there. Take it to the bank. Line from Colin Finn. Put it in the books. Put it in the books. Um, All right. I think we did accidentally skip past MVP. We'll just touch on that very quickly. Russell Wilson for me from the Seahawks. That's my MVP. Um, that's a great pick, Finn, uh, with my uh, – Super Bowl finalist. Like, what do you call a team that loses the Super Bowl? The runner up. Runner up. Yeah, sure. My Super Bowl runner up. Uh, Russell Wilson sounds like a great pick. Uh, he looks like he put on a lot of muscle in the offseason. He's already really dynamic and he's hungry, motivated. And uh, yeah, Russell Wilson. So I think it's going to be Lamar. But you know what? Who am I going to be betting? Who am I going to be putting money on? I'm going to be putting money on my boy. That's who I'm going to put money on. He's got some nice odds. And if that team makes the playoffs, dude, it's going to be on his freaking back. He's going to throw he, – dude, he might throw for like 5,500 yards and 52 touchdowns this year. You never know. So, you know, I'm going to throw some cash on just in case. Absolutely understandable. All right, moving on. To the classic segment, we didn't, like I said, we didn't have a full show planned for you guys today because we were only given one day's notice. We got the email yesterday, and it's like, show start on Wednesday, and it's like, well, that's tomorrow for us. So we didn't have time to plan out a full show, but I'm glad we still were able to get some little wheels in. This is going to be going from the time since our last show, so we have a long range of things to pick from. Sean, what were you going to say? I was going to say, if we if we had a little more notice, I could have uh, I could have rebuilt the motherboard of this computer, uh, <laughs> mics, and uh, got something going. Now, I'm sitting at the computer's desk now, just um, as far away as Finn as I can, so we don't have an echo. And I was pressing around some buttons. I thought I had something to do through the show, but I didn't. Um, so uh, I, I texted the tech guy. We'll see, uh, we'll see if we'll be back in next week. But, yeah, Little Weedles, uh, since our last show, there have probably been a lot, uh, but top of mind, the one that sticks out to me um, has to be uh, a couple of like a couple of guys like getting like burned by doing an interview and then saying something and they just take it out of context. First one, we'll go with we'll go with Odell Beckham. No, I'm not going to talk about the story you're thinking of. I'm going to talk <laughs> when he came out and blasted the NFL for not having any coronavirus protocols. And then I forgot who it was. I think it was GQ. Didn't release it for three weeks and. The NFL released a ton of coronavirus protocols, and then he got bombarded with it on the first day of camp. Uh, so not ideal. And same with Kirk Cousins, who uh, just basically said he's going to live his life and not going to worry about coronavirus. Um, not in a bad way, but that's how it was portrayed. And he uh, he got he would have gotten murdered by the media, but they weren't even there. They're on Zoom, so he was able to to tame them as well. But uh, but yeah, poor timing in this age of uh, everything being on Zoom and Release whenever you want. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely been there's no shortage of takes in 2020 coming from all out of the woodwork. Um, my little weedle of the week, maybe little weedle of the century, maybe little weedle of the entire existence of the earth, is one of the most bizarre stories I've ever heard. The Reds play-by-play announcer, his name is Tom Brenneman, about a month ago, was caught on a hot mic during a broadcast of a game using a gay slur. 
obviously a really terrible situation. But what made the situation very bizarre is that he did an on-air apology after the broadcast came back. And in the middle of the apology, Nick Castellanos hit a home run. I'm going to play this audio clip because there is no way I can do it justice by just explaining it to you. Please listen and marvel at what seems like is straight out of a movie. Uh, let me. Okay, I, I messed it up already. That's great. Let me get this going. Here we go. In the fifth inning, Castellanos to lead things off. Jim Day's going to be taking us the rest of the way through this game. As Holland takes over on the mound, um, I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the year that I am deeply ashamed of. Um, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart. I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. He hit a home run in the middle of the career-ending apology. That's straight out of a movie. That's unbelievable. In the middle of a career-ending apology, he has to put on this monotone voice. There's a deep drive to left by Castellanos. It's going to be a home run. Reds lead 4-0. That is one of the most bizarre videos I've ever seen in my life. And Tom Brenneman is my little Weedle since the last show. Maybe a little Weedle of the universe. <sighs> Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, my little weedle of, I guess it's the weeks is a pretty recent story. <laughs> so apparently, Sean Payton bought some of Tom Brady's water, and got a lot of emails from like the TV twelve company, and then he asked Tom Brady if he would like stop the emails, and then Tom made it so that twice as many emails got sent to Sean Payton from the TV 12 company. So now Sean Payton just gets a lot of emails from TV 12, which I think is just funny. It's going to be a great rivalry in the NFC South. Yeah. I'm very excited to watch some NFC South football this year for sure. That's very funny. Tom Brady, after, you know, being Belichick's protege for so long over the past few years, his foray into social media has been one of the funniest things to see. He's really good at it. Yeah, yeah, he's sort yeah. of just uh, whilst on the scene, and uh, they won't be Patriots ones anymore, Finn. But uh, even as someone who didn't uh, Patriots, I those like Sunday morning like little hype videos with like he had a narrator, or sometimes he had like cartoon guy, and just very well done. I guess it shows what you can do with uh, when you're balling on a big budget. Yeah, exactly. That's that's entirely fair. All right, I think it's time for our last segment of the show and the most electric, as always. It's our Game Picks. NFL football is back. We're going to be picking every game every week, or at least for every show that we have. We're going to keep a tally on how well we do over the course of the year. Last year, we said there was going to be some kind of reward for the winner. That never ended up happening, but I do have a suggestion for you guys for this year. So... While there's no real, I mean, obviously during the pandemic, there's really not a lot we can do here. And obviously we want to keep as much money as we can as possible because it's harder to work right now. So I think a very low stakes, but very satisfying reward is the winner has to get, uh, gets two free hopes, cookies, ice cream sandwiches from the other two people. Sounds, sounds great mm, to me. That is uh... That is a lot bigger prize than $10, Shane. That is uh, (laughs) a lot of of pride, joy. It's a very fulfilling feeling when you bite into two warm, preferably chocolate chip, but they ran out last time, so double chocolate fudge. Eat some either mint chip or strawberry or whatever kind of ice cream you want. But uh, but that is a very, very solid prize. Yep, that's what we're going to roll with. Starting out with the first game of the season tomorrow night at 8.20, Texans at Chiefs. 
I guess I'll start off. Uh, Chiefs. No Chiefs. explanation. Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs. Yeah, I know I was talking big game about the Texans, but come on now. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. The half a billion dollar man. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Second game, kicking off the 1 o'clock hour, Seahawks at Falcons. Uh, we're going to go with the Seahawks, being I just talked them up, taking Russell Wilson as my MVP, and then to go to the Super Bowl. Um. Hmm. I'm also going to go Seahawks while waiting for Colin to ponder over this game. Um, the Falcons' new uniforms are too ugly for them to win any games. Yeah, I think, they, I think the Falcons. I think they're going to surprise you this year. Alright. Next up is going to be Jets at Bills. A couple AFC East teams. So, should we go in order here, Finn, or am I just top in? I'm going in the order that I wrote them down on the spreadsheet. Oh no! I just mentioned you go first. I, I saw you type. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no worries. Is this um, a choice for you guys? I'm going Bills, like hard Bills. No, no, no. I, I am absolutely right. going Smash hard Bills. bills. I'm... I was just about to speak, and then what, what I was going to say just appeared on the screen, and I realized it's Finn. So, uh, so yeah. Um, I think the Bills are going to have a great year. Um, yeah, no, I don't think the Jets are going to pull this off. We're going with the Bills. <laughs> Fair enough. Next up is going to be Bears at Collins Lions. Now, I, I guess we'll go in, in order, as Sean was saying, of what's on our document. Um, Colin, you know I love the Lions. You know I'm a fan of what they're doing, players-wise. I think Matt Patricia is a horrible coach. Sure. And I still think he doesn't figure out the defense this year. I'm going Bears on the road week one. Yeah, I'm. Uh, if you think I'm not taking the Lions in every single game they're favored this season, and most of the games you're not, you're crazy. So if they're favored for the Lions, dude, being favored by three is like, is that's like being favored by like ten for like a different team. Like, well, I'm taking the Lions. There you go. Um, sorry, Colin. All right, I just that's fine. That means I if the if Lions win, also means I get two games on the, my on my peers. Now, initially, Finn, when Finn brought up Hope's cookies, I thought he was going to say the person who lost couldn't get Hope's cookies, but I like this one a lot better. Yeah, I was thinking that at first, but I'm like, no, what, let's make the reward even better for the winner. You get two. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, Packers and Vikings. I'm going to roll with. The Packers on the road. I don't know what it is. Even with Kirk Cousins playing well last year, I just can't convince myself that he's a winner, especially after his comments a couple weeks ago. And uh, now that his trusted offensive coordinator is now the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, yeah, it's even more reason for me to thank the Packers. Yeah. You can go ahead, Sean. I'll go the other way here. I'm not a big believer in this Packers team. If Aaron Rodgers stays healthy and turns out the clock a little bit, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going with the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins gets done at home. Yeah, give me a team with a better quarterback. Give me the Vikings. Ouch! Hot soup. I know, I've, Sorry, I've, I've not heard so your washed. Uh, I don't think he's washed quite yet. Uh, next up, Dolphins at Patriots. Cam Newton making his first start for the Patriots, going up against Fitzmagic. Yeah, the Dolphins, while I still like what they're doing with all their acquisitions and they're trading off some of those players for draft capital, they're not ready yet. Bill Belichick and Cam Newton get it done in game one. I'm going Pats. Pats. Yeah, the Pats are going to be too much. Uh, they've been planning for this, and I don't think it's going to be close. Pats, Pats, Pats. Next up is going to be the Eagles at the football team. <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. The Eagles at the Washington football team. It's it's Eagles all day long. Washington's going to be right near Jacksonville as the worst team in the league this year. Yeah, Eagles. The dinosaurs are near extinct. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Washington dinosaurs. Next up, the Las Vegas Raiders playing their first game as the Vegas Raiders, but not in Vegas against the Carolina Panthers. 
This is a tough one for me. I'm going to go Raiders, even though it's on the road here. I don't know how much of a believer. I like the Teddy Bridgewater story narrative going on in Carolina, but I don't know how much I believe in him. Uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think they actually could. I'm not saying a playoff berth, but I think they're actually going to be better than people expect this year. Yeah, um, I'll go with the Panthers. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater gets it done, although I think the Raiders will be all right. They'll, uh, they'll make some steps in the right direction and have a, a pretty solid season, but I can't wait to see that stadium. It looks so cool. Yeah, give me the Raiders. I don't think the Panthers are really good. Next up is Colts and Jaguars. I don't think I even need to discuss this. It's the Colts. 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 It's too early in the season for me, me to make some stupid pick to try to uh, get ahead. Next up is my Cleveland Browns going against into Baltimore against the Ravens. Ravens. Um, I feel like it's I feel like it's sacrilegious for me to go against the Browns, so I still will pick the Browns. But uh, yeah, this might not go well. I think this is actually the biggest. Ooh, wow! Second biggest spread of the week is on this game. Is it really? Okay, that's oh, that's a little disrespectful now. That is I, kind of disrespectful. I no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, no, actually, yeah, it is. It's it's actually the yeah second biggest it? spread of the week. The Ravens are favored by eight. Ouch. Yep. Yeah, um, I'll take the Ravens too. But uh, different topic. Do we think home field advantage means anything this year with no fans or little fans, if any? Yeah, I think the travel. Comfort I mean, it's your travel. own. Yeah, comfort in your own locker room and not having to travel with all the restrictions, I think, still plays into it. Yeah, I think if you got to take like a four-hour flight, I guess it's still going to hurt. There you go, far enough. Fair enough. Uh, starting with the 4 o'clock games here, first one is Chargers at Bengals. This is a very weird matchup. It would have been a matchup between two rookie quarterbacks, but Herbert's not going to start out of the gate for the Chargers. I actually like the Bengals at home. Even though they were the worst team in the league last year. Last time Anthony Lynn and Tarod Taylor were together, they were a playoff team. So give me the give me the Bills. Okay. Or give me the, no. give me the Chargers. <laughs> I don't think Herbert starts this year, to be honest with you. I agree, because he's not good. Well, and I think the Chargers if the Char- I think the Chargers could be in playoff contention this year, honestly. Really? Oh, okay. The if the Chargers still had Philip Rivers, maybe uh, I think I think Tyrod's just as good, if not better, than Phil was last year at least. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of like 2006 Philip Rivers. Uh, yeah, he was a beast. He was a, he was a beastly in the last like usually not great last year. Before last year, he was pretty good. Give me Joe Burrow. Uh, just win one game and then uh, yeah, then free fall for a little while. Coming up next is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Um, as much as I love the Bucks and I do think they're going to win a lot of games this year, I'm still rolling with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints as well. Uh, the Superdome, no matter fans, no fans, is a tough place to play. And the Saints are looking for blood after a new team in the division has come out for the title. Uh, I'll take the Bucks. I'll take a little upset here. Uh, I think that the Bucks and Tom Brady have too much film on the Saints, and the Saints have no idea what to expect coming into this game. Even I'll take, And even though probably not a smart pick with the whole COVID offseason, they probably haven't had a lot of chances to really gel. So I'll take the box in this game. Fair enough. Next game in the 4 o'clock slate is Cardinals at 49ers. I do like the Cardinals as an upstart team this year that's going to make some noise, but I think the 49ers are still a juggernaut, and they're going to win this game. Yeah, 49ers. Niners get back on track. Uh, Cardinals are going to make a little bit of noise, but not yet. Next up, Cowboys at Rams. I am not a Rams believer this year. I'm going Cowboys all the way. I'm going Cowboys too. Um, I don't like the Cowboys. They're with the Rams. Fair enough. Uh, next up, Steelers at Giants. I would like to add that Sean filled in Giants on our spreadsheet like 10 minutes ago. He's that confident in them. Uh, I'm not. I'm going with the Steelers, I'm but the Steelers I respect well. it, John. Well, I respect the hustle picking your own team, but I'll go. I'll go to yeah. I've uh, let's put it this way: the Mets and then the Knicks not being in the bubble. Uh, I've had very little to root for. So uh, when you're zero and zero, 
you've got as good a chance as anyone else. So uh, we're pulling for the boys. Uh, Danny Dimes, breakout year. Saquon healthy. Joe Judge leading the way. Eight and eight, win the division. Last two times they were eight and eight, won the Super Bowl. Enough said. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Moving on to the second-to-last Monday night game, Titans at Broncos. Actually, I think it is the last Monday night game. Um, Again, I like the Broncos. You know what? I'm going to pick the Broncos to win this game. Even though I said they were overrated. I'll take the Titans. I picked the Titans to go to the Super Bowl, so I kind of just picked them. Uh, we'll go to the Titans. Colin, you picked Titans as well? Yes, sir. All right. So our first week picks are locked in officially. I would like to note that all of our favorite teams, each of us individually, were the only one to pick them, and that sums up dysfunctional team commentary. And... Does either of you guys have anything else to add to the people out there? I think that's pretty much it. A uh, solid first show on like eight to 12 hours notice. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, we got the, uh, we got the tech wizard to come in here. Hopefully we get us back on live air. We'll be on Spotify as well. Uh, hopefully we won't be around the wall and across the street, but uh, we'll get it done. And uh, we'll have some actual football to talk about. So that should be something to look forward to. Absolutely. All right. We will see you guys next week for the next installment of Sports Talk Therapy. Again, like Sean said, hopefully we'll be back in the studio and not knowing when the other person is going to talk. And, uh, yeah, have a great rest of your week, guys. Go Cats.